0: Welcome to Very Scary with Jerry McCrary. I'm your host, Jerry McCrary. It's day 208 of corona Apocalypse 2020, and tonight we'll be discussing the fearsome, the fiendish, and the fantastical. This episode is sponsored by Sinner Man Ghost Crunch, the favorite breakfast of serial killers. A little later, we'll be delving into culinary and agricultural mysteries. But first, here's scary news.
1: Thank you, Jerry. This is Tara Card in the Scary Newsroom. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has unveiled a proposal to add five new months to the year. Each month would be named after one of President Trump's children Juniorary, Baroon, Evonculi, Eric Tember, and Kush Vember. McConnell explained that this followed a long-standing Republican tradition set by the Roman Empire in 44 BC when they added July and August to the calendar. Democrats denounced the bill, especially the provision to insert them between October and November, which could delay the next presidential election. President Trump waved off the criticism, adding that if successful, they may consider adding more months named after other relatives, notably excluding the president's niece, Mary Trump. When asked about daughter Tiffany, President Trump replied, we already have Fat Tuesday. Wisconsin man Graham Dorian has won the $22 million Powerball jackpot and has decided to split it with the mysterious painting he keeps locked up in his attic. Dorian said,
2: I swore that if I ever won the lottery, I would give half of it to my portrait. And now that I won, I feel like I
1: haven't aged a day since. Neighbor Bill Hallward, who painted the portrait two decades ago, said that,
0: This is wonderful. Maybe I'll finally get paid.
1: This week is your last chance to see our celestial visitor Pennywise the Comet as it starts to leave our solar system. Pennywise is a rare comet that is visible to the naked eye once every 27 years and is best seen from a dark tower in the town of Derry, Maine. Spectators have described it as a bundle of swirling orange lights that they've dubbed deadlights. It floats, said dairy resident Bob Gray, adding that if you see it, you'll
2: float too.
1: Several local children refer to it as the Clown Comet and are surprisingly eager to see it pass. Asked why they don't like Pennywise the Comet, four year old Jill Denbrough said, I like turtles. This has been Tara Card with the scary news. Back to you, Jerry.
0: Wow, Tara, I'll tell you. If you were to win $22 million, would you split it with a friend of yours?
1: Oh, heck no. But I can tell you, I'd be looking pretty good.
0: I think we could all get a little portrait there if we wanted to, and and, (laughs) uh, uh, making a deal with the devil. I don't know, would you make a deal with the devil, or if you won the lottery? It seems almost redundant.
1: I don't know. I think maybe I'd make a deal with my plastic surgeon.
0: Ah, there you go. There you go. All right, now let's get to our panelist. Today we have three esteemed individuals that are very knowledgeable about mysteries involving both agriculture and the culinary arts. First up, we have Kasper Kurwalski, And he has a new cookbook out called Lady Fingers and Swedish Balls from Alpaca Press. Welcome, Casper.
2: Hello, Gary. Pleased to eat you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, we also have Gina Mo. She's an agricultural scientist who has developed a new type of crop, uh, which she calls bean steak. Welcome, Gina.
3: I'm doing all right, Jerry. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing just fine. And we have Herb Finnell, who claims to psychically communicate with food. Herb, welcome to the show. Hi. All right, I'm going to start here with Casper. Uh, so uh, you have this, this new cookbook out, Lady Fingers and Swedish Balls. And, and I'll have to tell you, I've had Lady Fingers and Swedish uh, Meatballs before. And uh, I, I really enjoy both of them. What, what, makes, what makes your version of, of these delicacies stand out?
2: Well, I would say probably, Jerry, that the main thing that would make them different is they're made from actual lady fingers, human flesh, if you catch my drift.
0: Oh, I see. Okay, so so when you're talking about, I guess, fingers, I mean, are they literally coming from ladies? Or well, are, yes,
2: ladies, young girls, I'm not too picky.
0: So they don't have to be, when you use the term lady, it doesn't have to be someone who's...
2: Polite. Oh, no. Not royalty or anything. It's more like uh, just a, a miscommunication, I suppose, in the old ways of eating things.
0: So now the Swedish
2: balls.
0: Are we talking about eyeballs?
2: <laughs> well, the less said about those on public radio, the better, if you know what I mean. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's... Well, how did you come to these... Uh, to, to, to develop recipes for these these human, human, uh, uh, culinary, uh,
2: plates. Well, Jerry, have you ever heard the term windigo? Windigo, windy,
0: like windy-a-go-go or like a...
2: No, it's a First Nation term referring to a person who has dined upon human flesh and becomes a supernatural creature uh, such a thing happened to me several years ago. Oh well
0: what, what uh, was this something that you uh, something that you went out of your way to do or what 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 why why oh. would you eat humans?
2: No, no, no. I was going through a drive through of a restaurant in Bozeman and it ordered a double cheeseburger and a side of chili. Well, I parked in the parking lot and began to devour the delicious chili. When suddenly a worker came running out, screaming, "Don't eat the chili! Don't eat the chili!" But well, by this time, I was actually spitting out a thumbnail and realized that one of the workers had somehow sliced their thumb off and it had flipped into the chili pot. And another worker had scooped it up, served it to me. Little bit of mishap, you know. I could have sued them for everything they have, but I guess when you really come to think of it, I have become a Wendy's go. <laughs> Oh,
0: you got me there. You got me there. Well, that's that's pretty wild. Uh, you know, I'm I'm interested if our uh, next guest, uh, Gina Mo, Gina, uh, if she has a situation, the, the the excuse me, just the the crop that Gina has developed sounds like it might be something that. Would have avoided all this altogether. Am, am I correct? Did you have a new vegetarian uh, bean steak. Is that what it's called?
3: Yep, bean steak. It's uh It's actually pretty good.
0: Well, it's actually pretty good. Has I mean, it, is that a surprise I like it.
3: to you? No, no, it's not. It's not any kind of a humans in there. There's there's livestock and there's there's vegetables, and you combine them, and eventually you get a crop you can harvest.
0: Uh, so what what do you mean? What do you mean in there? What's what makes this a unique crop?
3: Well, the it, it, crop I developed is uh, cows and lima beans, and together they make bean steak. Really, the most difficult part about uh, dealing with this crop is the harvesting. It's uh, all the blood and sometimes the beans themselves make some rather odd sounds, especially when you shuck them out of the pod.
0: Wait, so you're saying that you're, you've are you somehow, when you say a hybrid uh, crop here, you mean you've somehow mixed together the DNA of a cow and a lima bean?
3: Well, you know, I, I consider myself sort of a, a mad agricultural scientist, you know, just uh, experimenting around with it. And you you get to, you know, kind of getting real close with the cows and they're eating all those beans and you kind of see how else they could go together besides one on the other stomach, maybe a... Uh try and try and mix them up somehow
0: so you're a mad cow doctor is what you're saying
3: i have heard that term
0: and 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 just to be clear you used to feed your cows lima beans was that the standard food
3: well you know they uh tried to feed them baby beans but those sailors all started objecting and so i had to kind of stop that
0: well this is fascinating fascinating stuff um now i'm interested to hear what uh our third guest herb fennel has to say herb is hi. i'm sorry hi hi mr finnell uh my understanding is that you can actually communicate with food have you ever talked to a hybrid uh food source that was half plant half animal
4: i can't say that i have met any hybrid food sources yet what kind? Of, i look i look forward to it what kind of food have you talked to Uh, I've talked to uh, both vegetable and uh, animal-based
0: foods. So you've done one or the other, but you haven't done one that was a combination of both.
4: Correct. Well, not that I'm aware of. You know, they may have been shy and and not want to admit that they were both kinds of food at the same time. Um, I'm guessing that would be some kind of trans food. I have talked to trans fat. Does that count?
0: uh, You're the expert, sir. You're the expert. So uh, when you actually communicate with food, I mean, are you speaking a language such as
4: English? Is that? English is the language that I understand in my mind. I I speak to them with thoughts. So I'm perceiving their thoughts, and their thoughts are coming through to me in a language I can understand. Uh, it, It was not always that way. It did start out more of kind of an empathy Feel, where I could feel what they were feeling which that was a very hungry couple of years I went through because it was very hard to eat something when it's it feels painful to it and then I'm feeling the pain uh, I lost a lot of weight though on the plus side so food are you so you're saying you can so food feels pain when you're eating it it does but don't let that bother you too much. Once I finally was able to communicate with them, they explained to me that they understand why we do it and they don't have any hard feelings about it. They do not take it personally. Well, this makes me wonder, uh, Mr. Uh, Kurowalski. I love his samurai films.
0: Yes, yes. I'm a big fan as well. Um, (laughs) But Mr. Kurawalski, do you believe that the people that you're preparing in these recipes that they would take
2: these recipes personally? Well, I was just going to say, Herb, I don't find it unusual to talk to my food before I eat it all the time. We sometimes have very stimulating conversations. I find that it whets my appetite. (laughs) are are, Are you related to Hannibal Lecter in any way, shape or form? Oh, please. Hannibal is nothing like me. You see, I have now transformed to be almost seven feet tall. I have a fine rack of antlers and am gaunt and thin with glowing eyes.
0: So, when you're out, it seems to me that people would see you coming. So, how do you how do you actually get uh, the the meat that you need to prepare your foods if people are
2: stupid? Online dating services, you know, it's easy. You find someone lonely, you put up a fake picture, promise to meet them in an old cabin by the woods for a fun evening. (laughs) It's so easy. I'm not sure you need a fake picture if you're seven feet tall and have a fine rack. Oh, you are so hilarious.
0: Now, I know that that many of our listeners are probably unsettled at the prospect of being harvested for food by a... uh, uh, what was heretofore a mythical creature. Um, so I'm wondering if you were given the option of a, a source of, of meat, a human meat um, where you didn't have to kill anyone. Would that be something that you'd be willing to do? And uh, this is a second a follow-up question for, for Miss Gina Mo. Would it be possible to do a vegetable human hybrid crop?
2: Yes, Gina. Could you make human beans?
3: I can. I tried something with those sailors and those navy beans, but um, they they were kind of squirrely. I'll have to I'll have to do a little more uh, thinking about that one. Right now, I uh, usually am. Doing uh also some special fertilizers you know like uh you know remnants of my assistance for fertilizer for my you know it seems to do very well the crops but uh putting people directly in there it's going to take a little more work.
0: Now what's the process of of creating these hybrids? What, what what how do you mix them together? I mean, do you just pour them in a stew and just just mix? Or I, I, I'm not a scientist, so I, I need I need this to be explained to me.
3: Well, it, it makes you, you, whatever you do to mix, so you get them to talk to each other, Jerry. I mean, it's just all, you'd like anything, you know. You kind of have to get them acquainted with each other, and and uh, pretty soon, you know, you got something going on.
0: So, are you implying that you have animals having carnal relations with vegetables?
1: Well, I
3: don't know if the vegetables consider it as such. I mean, they they just they don't they don't seem to do anything but stand there. But you know, the cows seem to enjoy it.
2: Reminds me of my first girlfriend.
3: <laughs> Uh, sounds like right romantic there.
0: Well, this does make me wonder, uh, Mr. Fennel. Yes. Since you can talk to uh, your food or any food, have you ever felt amorous feelings towards any of that food? Have you ever felt like going out on date with any, any type of dish?
4: I, I have, but only in a platonic way or a plant-tonic way. I see.
0: I see. And, and what came of that relationship? Are you still friends? Are you still involved?
4: Up until the point of when I ate her, so to speak. Consumed is probably a better choice of words. So now I'm, I'm curious here. The food, if you
0: don't eat something, if it, or if it's something that you're not going to consume... Yes. Are you able to communicate it with it, or is it only food that's going to be your food? It's only- it's
4: it's all food, and food gets offended if you don't eat it.
0: So now, if we're talking about food, because you know, if I was a tiger, I might eat something that's out in the wilderness. You know, uh, just in uh, in the jungle, like jump- frozen flakes.
4: I'm sorry. Like frosted flakes?
0: Well, I was thinking more like uh, um, uh, uh, frosted uh, uh, koala bears. A tiger pouncing on a frosted koala bear. And this is a living creature. And it's food, but it's also food. So does this mean that you'd be able to communicate with other living creatures that are potentially food for another creature?
3: I'm kind of curious about that myself, actually.
4: You know, I, I've tried for some reason. Actual animals give off a different vibe. They're they're kind of the opposite vibe. They're more angry if you try to eat them, whereas food that has been processed or uh, vegetable matter. You know that that's a totally different mindset for them. I see.
3: Mr. Fennel, would you like to come and take a look, see at my bean steak, and see if uh, you can communicate with that? I'd be, i be curious.
4: I would. I, that sounds terrifically interesting to do. Um, do, you uh, I, do you have some bean steak with you?
3: No, no. I'll leave that on the farm. It gets unruly if it's out of its pen.
4: Hmm. Huh. Maybe, maybe for a sequel.
0: Well, I have some. I have some uh, toast here. Hmm. And I was wondering if uh, this is some toast that I prepared just before the show began. I've buttered it. I have put some uh, uh, strawberry preserves on it. And I'm curious, what, what is it saying to you?
4: Uh, listening to it, it, uh, it speaks volumes of you because for one, it's just plain white bread that you have toasted. And uh, the strawberry jam is quite basic. Uh, I would have hoped that you would have used Smucker's. The, uh, the toast is saying that it's uh, feeling a little underappreciated by you, that you could have done, you could have taken more effort in preparation.
0: Mm. I see. So, so if it's true that, that, that food has feelings, then we need to be much more conscientious about the way we prepare it. How conscientious are you, Mr. Kowalski, when you're preparing your food?
2: I'm sorry, Gary, I was still trying to figure out how a tiger from India got to Australia to pounce on a koala bear. It had me all confused there. Uh, I usually uh, will greet my food, um, and once they stop screaming at my appearance, will explain to them how happy I am to have them with me, and that it is more of a joining than me actually devouring them. most of them really don't understand. Herb, maybe I could, uh, could engage your services to come and speak to my meals beforehand and just tell them how wonderful it's going to be.
4: It sounds like quite a fascinating scientific experiment. I would love to partake in that. I'm, uh, I'm working on a new book called The Gastronomicon. Ooh!
0: All right, I'm being told that uh, we need to take a break here to hear a word from our sponsor. So uh,
2: we will be back. Just after this. Some people get to go to heaven. Other people go to the other place. But if you're like me and you're damned to wonder the earth as a vengeful spirit, you need something less substantial to fill your gullet. Try Cinnamon Ghost Crunch. It's filled with vitamins and minerals, with extra calcium from strong bones and teeth. It's made from all supernatural ingredients. Cinnamon Gross Crunch, the favorite breakfast of cereal killers everywhere.
0: Welcome back. You are listening to Very Scary with Jerry McCrary. I am your host, Jerry McCrary. We have three wonderful guests here today. One is Casper Kowalski. He is from Bozeman, Montana, and he is, has a new cookbook out called Lady Fingers and Swedish Balls from Alpaca Press. Gina Moe is an agricultural scientist who has developed a hybrid animal-vegetable crop called bean steak, and Herb Fennel can psychically communicate with food. Hi, Jerry. Uh, hello. Welcome. So, we've actually got some uh, calls from the audience, or uh, communications from the audience, this first one is a tweet. It is for uh, Mr. Kurwalski. Mr. Kurwalski, how do you choose your meals? Is it by attractiveness, or do you prefer the, the fat or lean? But I guess body body fat mass. Uh, what, what? How? What, how do you go about choosing what you're going to eat?
2: Well, Jerry, in my line of work, it is called eat or be eaten. If you know what I mean, and uh, to be actual. I know that the pictures I'm seeing on the dating sites have nothing to do with what I'm going to actually see when they show up at the cabin. So I'm really not a picky eater, if you know what I mean. It's a catch as catch can.
0: (laughs) Ah, I see. I see. All right. Okay. Uh, The next thing, we have a caller here. A lady by the name of Laura has a question for Gina. Laura, you're on the line.
3: Hi, uh, yeah, this question is for Gina and it's kind of a two-parter. Uh, the first part I wanted to ask Gina if there are other cuts of meat like prime cuts other than bean steak that I could get for my family if I'm interested in trying out the bean products. And also I was wondering if it could add in cannabis to make like a pot roast for Kushember.
0: So I'm not sure if you you heard the we had a little bit of distortion there, but uh, the question was: Are there other cuts of meat? And have you ever tried to add cannabis?
3: Uh, oh well, uh, second one first. I, I've tried cannabis myself. It's uh, quite interesting, and that's how part of how I came up with the whole idea in the first place. You know, which is kind of came to me one night when i was uh lounging so to speak i i gotta tell you though um how you get the cuts of meat from the uh, bean steak is how you cut the bean you just cut it different directions you can cut it thin you can cut it thick you can leave the whole bean intact and have a big old bean old pot roast and uh i suppose you know um i grow other things than steak bean uh they're usually for my personal consumption but if you really wanted to and have me include some of that in your bean pot roast i could
0: do you uh uh i know I'm, i'm a big fan of chicken one thing i like about chicken is that i can have a thigh or i can have a leg or a breast are you able to grow that kind of cut that kind of differentiation
3: uh, chickens are a little bit tougher, you know, because um, they keep pecking each other to death. It's just terrible. You mean oh my pe- goodness! Oh, uh, the they're they're nasty to each other. It's just and they're they're all bound together on the vine, and you you're they're sitting there, and all of a sudden one little little chicken bean will take against another one, and pretty soon your whole vine's pecked clean. There's blood everywhere. It's just terrible. It's terrible.
0: And what if you merge them with a peck of pickled peppers?
3: Well, then you have yourself a whole other problem.
0: All right. All right. Okay. I have an email here for Herb, uh, Mr. Fennel. Do spicy foods have different personalities than mild foods? And a follow up question on that is Do ethnic foods have accents?
4: Oh, my. Yes. Uh, this is kind of embarrassing, but food is actually very racist. Oh. Uh, they, so? they, well, they, they uh, they're very much into the stereotypes that you would think that um, if someone who was like, for instance, the uh, the old cartoons written back in the 40s and 50s, how they had all of those horrible stereotypes uh, that were quite racist uh, food, for some reason, has those same accents and um, and uh, manner of speaking. I, I'm really quite embarrassed about it. I, I really. So you're don't... saying you're
0: saying that the the food actually that puts on uh, racist stereotypes to mock the people that are eating the foods, or what? What's uh, why do they do this, and 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 how does it come when you have a food that that is is prepared by different cultures? How does that how does that play out? Well, it's uh,
4: quite authentic. It's more authentic. For instance, if you go to an actual um, Mexican restaurant, the the food is uh, you, it feels more genuine in how it speaks. But if you go to Taco Bell, it's as though it's mocking the culture.
0: I see. That's that's interesting. That's interesting. So, all right, we have uh, we have a caller on the line. Uh, Wendy has a question for uh, Mister Kowalski. Wendy, you're on the line.
1: Oh, Mr. Kowalski, you are so attractive. I'm a little bit of an experimental woman, and I'd like to know, do you ever eat man fingers?
2: Oh, Wendy, you sound delicious. But no, I really don't like calluses, and most men's fingers are just too tough. Now, Manwich, on the other hand, mm, mm, mm. Mm. so Wendy, what are you doing this weekend? I have a nice little cabin in the woods.
1: <laughs> Ooh, send me an Uber. <laughs> Will
2: do.
0: So, do you do you find that there? Uh, you're you're pretty public, Mister Mister You're you're fairly public about your your Wendigo nature and your cannibalistic tendencies.
2: I'm not ashamed of what i've become gary
0: i i gather that and and i'm curious do you it it, because because wendy there seemed like she was kind of into it do you have fans people that are that you don't have to to trick into coming who actually are just like wow you know i really want to get eaten by this guy
2: i have repeat customers constantly people who who Come to me and say, here, just take a little bit here, a little bit there. Why, in fact, there are several people who come to me for weight loss, quote unquote, if you know what I mean. We are just very judicial in how we, you know, and there's some people, they're so nice, you just don't want to eat them all at once.
0: Well, so is liposuction. Uh, liposuction is that a service that you've ever thought about uh, advertising and just and just providing that? Well,
2: yes. All it takes is a metal straw and just a little jaw. <laughs> well,
0: I, you know, the medical industry is actually quite profitable. I mean, have you thought about? I mean, I could see a lot of services that you could provide. I mean, there there are people that need to have uh, stomach removal, uh, maybe kidneys kidneys I- taken out.
2: Uh, it's just very rare for people to actually live through my procedures, Jerry.
0: <laughs> I see. I see. OK. So uh, but 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 some people do. You you said you had some folks come in and they just give you a small body part like a leg. Is it like I give you a yes. leg?
2: Yes. Uh, but I think there has to be a willingness involved and sick people. Uh, they just don't taste right, Jerry. Mm. Uh, I don't think I would like to take a diseased kidney, for example, and try to make kidney pie out of it. It just wouldn't be right. I understand. I understand. All right.
0: All right. Looks like we have another caller here. Uh, his name is Les. He has a, and I guess, oh, it's a question for me. Yes,
2: Les, you're on the line. Jerry McCrary, you have already won the publisher's clearinghouse sweepstakes. All we need is your address, and we'll bring you a check for $21 million. Hmm.
0: That is a very tempting offer, but I'm afraid that I, uh, I'm, I'm currently hunkered down in an undisclosed location, in an underground uh, bunker. But wouldn't,
2: wouldn't $21 million make your undisclosed bunker a lot more comfortable, Gary?
0: $21 million, that's, 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 a, that's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. And, uh, you know, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have to check with the, uh, the portrait that I have in my basement, in my crawl space, <clears throat> and see if it wants
2: to do something with that. Could you, uh, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> oh, come on, Jerry. It's not like I'm a lawyer trying to serve your papers or anything. This is officially the publisher Clearinghouse Sweepstake, and you won $21 million.
0: Well, you know, you, you brought up something that, that reminds me. I, I have, uh, there are seven women out there who claim to be my wife. And uh, well, none of them are. In fact, I've shown in, in in court of laws across the country that there is no possible way that I could be married to any of them. However, they still are trying to get my money. And so if I had that $22 million or $21 million, as the case may be, I would have to uh, divvy it up between them. And uh, I think it's better for me to avoid that. But He's thanks, not you, to out. I'll
2: Never mind.
0: Yeah. All right. I'm going to switch you off. Goodbye. All right. So, folks, this has been a wonderful conversation. Do any of you uh, have any last words that you want to say before we sign off here? Mr. Kowalski,
2: is there anything else you'd like to say? Well, I just can't wait to meet some delicious new people. And remember, get my new book, Lady Fingers and Swedish Balls Alpaca Press. It's available from Amazon.
0: All right. Gina, Miss Mo, do you have any uh, last words that you want to present?
3: I'm just kind of thinking about that uh, human hybrid thing and kind of getting intrigued by it. Um I, I might want to talk a little more with Mr. Kowalski about uh, what type of people he likes the best. So I can see there's a market for that. I'm kind of curious.
0: So do you two think you might get together in, in that remote cabin and have a discussion?
3: Uh, no, I, I like to keep myself, you know, in, 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 a, in one piece. I, 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 I don't really have a tendency to fall apart. My assistants do that. I'm not really that kind of person. Oh,
2: come on, Tina! People.
3: People who eat people are the loveliest people in the world. And you do sound like a lovely, lovely person, Mr. Kowalski, but uh, maybe over the phone?
0: All right, Mr. Finnell, uh, do you have anything you want to say, uh, either to the audience, to uh,
4: the other panelists, or maybe just food everywhere? Hi, Jerry. Um, I'd I like to follow up on something Casper said about eating sick uh, livers and kidneys and such. Uh, the same should go for food. When food goes rotten... It actually, uh, it curses a lot. It becomes very agitated and angry. And eating rotten food does horrible things to your stomach. So don't, don't, don't chance it. If you think for any chance the food is turned, just throw it away.
0: Just out of curiosity, if it's turned, does its personality change? I mean, it becomes quite
4: angry, almost like an ex-wife. Oh,
0: I know that well. I would recognize that.
4: I, I, that's why I use that analogy, I, I gathered. All right. Thank you. Thank you for speaking in terms that I can understand. It
0: makes me feel like, hmm, maybe I'm on the verge of being food. But I'm going to stay as far away from Mr. Kurwalski as I can. Uh, all right, folks. I uh, just want to give special thanks to Casper Kurwalski, Gina Moe, and Herb Fennel for being our guests. And, of course... Terra card for the scary newsroom and the news report, but let's not forget the crew behind the scenes. Wendy Gittleson, Troy Fleur, Les Seabolt, Anna French, and Laura Kistner. Remember everyone, be wary, because the world is very scary.